Guru Nation, happy new year, happy 2021. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. Make sure you subscribe and review this podcast if you haven't done so already. In this episode, episode 470, I actually go through my LinkedIn feed and read a very interesting LinkedIn post from Daniel Perez from Macro Trials, who I've actually met before, uh, BC, before Corona, I met him, and he posed a very interesting, thought-provoking question, which got me on a semi-rant about being self-dependent and small business and things like that. But basically, he's talking about should researchers who are actively seeing patients in their office uh, at their sites, small sites, medium-sized, large sites, should they be prioritized to get the vaccine? And it's a very interesting question. Brought out a bunch of people's comments from LinkedIn. Mine kept getting deleted i think because i was in mexico so it was not uh posting properly so i just decided to do a podcast on it instead so hopefully you find some value from it here check out the links in the show notes cra academy crc academy check out the patreon channel five bucks a month with a monthly mastermind we are growing that thing you don't want to miss out when i have 50 people in there we're going to do twice a month masterminds where we talk about digital opportunities creating more opportunities for yourself in the life sciences space if you need more studies for your site text me 949-415-6256 we have a consulting service which helps sites get studies negotiates their budgets creates their source create sops answer their questions all those kind of things again happy 2021 stay safe you'll be hearing a lot from me this year subscribe like Text the word guru to 31996 and we'll catch you later. And how is it going? Happy 2021. I'm telling you guys and gals out there, 2021 is the year for research. Just like 2020 was, 2021 will be a continuation of 2020. Uh, But with the exact same amount, I would say, volume of opportunity, and with more stability, in my opinion. Um, Mainly stability, I mean, I'm seeing that some of the studies uh, that the sponsors were hesitant to get started on. Uh, Now that the vaccine is rolling out, I would expect to get started uh, by quarter one, maybe quarter two at the latest. And all the studies that have already started last year, they're going to keep going on. And there's going to be the need for further safety studies on COVID, on the vaccine, on the treatments. Is it safe? Is the vaccine effective? Is it safe long-term? How often, how many times a year do we need it? Some people are saying two, twice a year. Some people are saying once a year. Some people are saying every month. We need to study these things. Research, this is, this is what clinical research was built for. And I'm not trying to get into any predictions, so I won't do that right now. It's just my opinion. I'm telling you also, guys and gals, that LinkedIn is your social network. If you're a clinical researcher or a striving clinical researcher, uh, LinkedIn is your social network in 2021. I was on LinkedIn the other day, and I actually made a comment on this thread, but it kept not posting. And I was in Mexico at the time, so I don't know if it was just my data 
was not allowing me to post. It was really weird. I posted a comment twice, a really thoughtful comment. Um, just never posted. So I'm going to give my comment on uh, this podcast. But I'm also, I wanted to show you guys the conversations going on. A lot of interesting conversations going on LinkedIn these days about lots of things research related. Research, like I said, is at the forefront of current events. It's, you know, clinical trials. This is our this is our time in the sun. This is our moment, um, Guru Nation. So you need to be uh, prepared, you need to be knowledgeable, and you need to be participating in these kind of things. So Daniel Perez, shout out to Daniel Perez, Chief Operating Officer at Macro Trials. I actually met him once way back in 2019 uh, BC, uh, before Corona, when you could meet Remember those days you could actually meet with people and shake hands? So Daniel came to one of my guru meetups in Irvine, California. He drove, made the trip down from L.A., brought his PI. Really good people to get to know. Um, so connect with him on LinkedIn. He does this frequently uh, where he has interesting uh, takes and or is requesting for people's opinions on certain issues so let me just get into it for those of you on the podcast i'm going to read it so daniel posted i'm curious to get the clinical research community to weigh in on this question especially those of us operating clinical trials in standalone private and non-academic medical centers this is me this is a lot of people i know does the pharmaceutical industry have any role to play in advocating for and or helping to secure COVID-19 vaccines for clinical researchers and small clinical trial sites. As a local state department of public health work, uh, uh, as local state departments of public health work to decide prioritized allocation of vaccines, I can't help but wonder how many clinical trial sites who have to shoulder the weight of this pandemic in continuing the critical work of drug development have been sidelined because they are not affiliated with large health systems. What do you think? Comment below. Something I never really thought about, and this was my comment, and a lot of people made comments. Let's see. We can't really see how many people viewed it, but he's got 19 comments, uh, you know, a good amount of likes. Uh, so I've ne actually never thought about this because as a small business owner my entire life, I have come to the conclusion that... As a small business owner, you're on your own. I mean, government's not going to help you. Uh, sponsors are not going to help you. They're hiring your site to get a job done. They're, it is in their interest for, their, for the sites to have the vaccine. But there's only two players that actually have the vaccine. It's Pfizer and it's Moderna right now. And there's the Oxford one in the United Kingdom. So... You know, most sites have studies from other sponsors besides just Pfizer and Moderna, right? And we're not talking just COVID studies. We're talking just regular studies, asthma studies, schizophrenia studies, ulcerative colitis studies, C. difficile studies, all those kind of things. Uh, you know, the question here is, does the pharmaceutical industry have any role to play in advocating for and or helping secure the vaccine for clinical researchers? And yeah, it's in their interest for the researchers, study coordinators, PIs, study staff to be vaccinated so they can come into the office and continue doing their job. 
but I, d I don't see how that would uh, actually get done seeing that the vaccine is coming from Pfizer and Moderna only. So why would Pfizer or Moderna want to help uh, a site, a random site, do somebody else's study better? I mean, and I don't think this is the reason why they're not doing this, but there's no incentive really for them to do this. Uh, I, I am currently not doing any studies with Pfizer or Moderna that I know of, so I don't know if they are offering this to any of the sites doing any of their studies, not COVID studies, but I don't think so. But it's still an interesting thought question nonetheless, and it's interesting to read people's answers. So uh, Dr. Perez, who I've interviewed twice on the podcast, um, he says, thanks for sparking up such a great conversation. It is vital that we all protect our dear staff the real heroes that make it happen, and the main reason the vaccine is available today between the clinical research professionals and the, and the subject's cur uh, courage, we would not be here today. This topic needs to be elevated to all of our sponsors, academia, regulatory bodies, and government. NIH and Dr. Fauci should make it mandatory that all clinical research professionals be put high on the priority list for getting the vaccine. And that I agree with. I think that's the only way this gets done because if you leave it up to Pfizer and Moderna, the only ones who have the vaccine, uh, like I said, it's not necessarily in their interest to help sites uh, that are working on competitors' drugs, right? And we're not just talking COVID. I mean, Pfizer and Moderna, they compete in a lot of verticals. That's not just COVID, right? So, uh, the only way would be to make it mandatory that clinical research professionals get put on the, um, on the uh, waiting list, uh, on the high priority list. Um, a lot of conflicting comments, which is interesting. Uh, somebody else posted, we are not affiliated with a large health system and are having a problem with this. I personally volunteered, this is someone who's a clinical research nurse. I personally volunteered in one of the COVID vaccine studies but my coworker registered for the vaccine back on uh, December 18th and still not has been contacted. We'll be starting trials for COVID positive patients soon. So we are desperately trying to get her vaccinated. Found a walk-in site, but they would only accept hospital staff. She's trying again tomorrow. So see, this is, this is uh, really scary here because these are COVID, COVID positive studies, which a lot of sites are doing. Uh, and so you're guaranteed that you're going to be exposed to people with COVID. And I just don't see how Pfizer or Moderna is going to necessarily have any incentive to help out. So it's got to be from the NIH. It's got to be from, from, from the federal government, which um, it's interesting to see Craig Lipset's take on this. And I've done an entire podcast just on Craig's Lip, Craig Lipset's post. My take on this, like I said, as a small business owner, since 2005, I have come to not depend on anyone for anything, right? The way we're handling this with my staff is thankfully, I know somebody named Dr. Sabine Hazen, and my CRO is actually working on two of her protocols for COVID, but she's got like 30 protocols. When she gets uh, some free time, I'm gonna interview her. Uh, but basically, she's got two virtual trials. Uh, one is a prophylactic study. So for people who are at risk, which would be clinical researchers, people that are at risk of getting exposed to COVID, which is exactly the kind of people that 
that this post is talking about from from Daniel and from Bianca in this case. Uh, research workers, coordinators, PI, study staff, etc. So this is Dr. Hazen has a prophylaxis study. It's virtual, so she will send you the medication, she will send you the ECG, everything to your home. Okay, so that's one study that's going on. She also has another study uh, for people that have already tested positive. That's a completely different study. I've actually been put into that study when I tested positive right after Thanksgiving of 2020. My wife and I both actually, I'm going to do a podcast on that because it was my first experience as a patient in a clinical trial, which I've never had before. So I'm going to do an in-depth podcast on that. Um, so th there, are, those are two options. And that goes back to my point. As a small business owner, it's really about networking. Who do you know? How, who do you know that you can get access to either treatments, preventative things, or the vaccine in this case? And in my case, and I put all my staff in this study, all of them from all the sites that I own. I told them all, hey, Dr. Azen has this study. I, I'm in it. You should be in it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of where I'm at with this. As far as mandating that researchers get vaccines, that's one way to go. But by the time that gets done, this is the problem with relying on government for anything. By the time they agree on something, it's probably too late. All right, it's probably going to be too late by the time that happens. So it's all about networking, who you know. You got to take care of your employees when you're an entrepreneur as well. As a business owner, you've got to be looking out for the best interests of your employees. Throughout the pandemic, we've had to work from home unless absolutely necessary to come in to see patients or do remote phone visits for patients. Then you come into the office one monitor at a time. We do what we can. When, when Dr. Hazen came out with the prophylaxis study, we made sure all of our staff get put into that if they wanted to. We don't force them to, but if they wanted to, all of them, I think just about all of them did it. Uh, here's some more comments. Let me get to the one from Craig. Craig posts, oh, here's one that's controversial or somewhat controversial. You seem to think vaccination is a reward of some kind. She's telling the post creator, Daniel Perez. You seem to think vaccination is a reward of some kind. If vaccinating clinical researchers and small clinical trial sites isn't the best path towards bringing uh, down the death rate, which is the top priority, then there is no reason for anyone to advocate for it. And she's saying that you, are, you argue for it as a reward for having to shoulder the weight of the pandemic rather than because it's the fastest way to reduce the overall death rate. I mean, she's right from a macro perspective, but Daniel's speaking in a practical terms like, hey, I have staff. He's just like me. I have staff. We're seeing COVID positive patients in the office or, or, not, COVID or not COVID positive patients, just regular patients from other studies like ulcerative colitis, uh, C. difficile, schizophrenia, I'm worried about my staff, and my staff are worried about getting the virus. So at the end of the day, you kind of have to do what's best for you and your staff, and that usually doesn't mean depending on the government or begging Pfizer to get researchers on the high-priority list. The fact that researchers are not on this high-priority list shows you what pharma thinks about researchers. I mean, they look at us as people that are working for them, right? So 
we should be on that high priority list, but they still favor the large medical systems. They favor the frontline responders, which they should. They should, but clinical research, like I just started off this podcast saying it's at the forefront of, of national news. Well, it's still being left behind here in this case because clinical researchers from any, any size site, whether it's a large university or a small mom and pop, they're, health, they're essential workers, they're healthcare workers, they're frontline workers more or less, right? So uh, they need to be on that list. But by the time you, you wait and you push for this, you could have been doing other things, more practical things like finding clinical trials to join, like one person commented, like I did. Um, Craig Lipset, let's end it with Craig Lipset's take because he's always get great takes. And I've interviewed Craig on the podcast like four times already. And sometimes I do entire podcasts just off of his post. So make sure in addition to Daniel Perez that, you're, that you should follow, you should follow Craig Lipset as well. Uh, Craig says, a fair question. Today, vaccine is distributed by the federal government to the states. And while there are CDC templates for distribution playbooks, individual state distribution plans vary. I have friends with outpatient clinics in one state who cannot get access and others who run research sites in a different state that are already vaccinated. These first few weeks have been bumpy and inconsistent, but the U.S. has gone from 150,000 vaccinations a day up to 350,000 a day. It's rapidly approaching 500,000 a day. He put this today, which is January 4th, 2021. Happy New Year 2021. Happy New Year Guru Nation. Welcome to 2021. This is our reality now where we're looking at how many people are getting vaccinated a day in our country. One million. It's trending towards one million a day by the end of the month. Many states with more vaccinations available have been able to include those working in patient-facing roles at research clinics. Um, leaving me to believe that this will normalize over the next three weeks as vaccination delivery stabilizes. So Bottom line, Craig is saying, yeah, it'd be nice if researchers were put on some priority list. They're not. It's up to the state. In some states, researchers have already been vaccinated, no matter if they're small clinics or large clinics. In other states, they haven't. Um, eventually, things will stabilize. Somebody replied to Craig, I'm with Craig here as the rollout is exceedingly state dependent. For example, Indiana is grappling with so few vaccines, at least initially, we can only vaccinate a certain percentage of frontline healthcare workers, so not even all of them. Despite defining healthcare worker broadly enough to account for sites like macro, smaller sites, the decisions on who and how haven't overlooked small research sites Rather, the supply just isn't available yet. So that's what, it boils, that's what really what it boils down to is you're kind of on your own. If 2020 taught you anything is that small businesses are on their own. And forget just small businesses. Individuals are on their own. You've got to be informed what's going on. You've got to figure out what are my best alternatives what are my best treatment options, preventative options? I, like I said, as soon as I got diagnosed or COVID positive, myself and my wife, I enrolled into Dr. Hazen's study. And I can't wait to interview her to discuss this potential uh, opportunity for your staff. Whether you test COVID positive or you don't have it, but you're an at-risk worker. We're going to get into the details on her study 
um, the study, uh, she has several. She has so many, so there's different options for different people. She's going to have to talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, or her staff's going to have to figure out what would be best for you, and you, you decide with them as well. Uh, this is definitely not an ad for her. Um, it's just something I feel like I knew about her prophylactic study because I'm the monitor on it. Unfortunately, I couldn't enroll myself in that study because I'm the monitor. So it's a conflict of interest. So I was on nothing, just vitamins and zinc. And I was careful as can be and got COVID. Thankfully, mild symptoms. I'm going to share a podcast on, on my experiences, etc. in a little bit. Um, but as soon as I knew about her study, her preventative study, I told all my staff, hey, this is available for you. It's a virtual trial. You should join. It's a preventative study. Uh, so... And I know all her staff is in the study as well. So you're out, you're on your own, guys. I mean, it's nice to get the community to join forces and sort of be collectivists. But at the end of the day, nobody's really going to help you. This is, the, this is the harsh reality that I've learned of being a business owner since 2005. There's no organization. I know many exist that try to help research sites, large and small. At the end of the day, you are on your own. It does help, obviously, to network with people. I think knowing people, just human-to-human -human interaction, is a much better use of your time than trying to push for something with government and big pharma, right? If you're trying to push, advocate for change with regulators and with big pharma, that requires a lot of money I mean, tons of money and tons of energy. If you just want to network with human beings, start with LinkedIn. Start with these people I just mentioned. Okay, you got myself. You got Daniel Perez. You've got let's see who else is on here. Uh, Doctor Perez. Okay, Gualberto Perez, Bianca Garcia, um, Jeffrey Smith, uh, Molly. There's a bunch of people here. She was talking about the about the Society for Clinical Research Sites. Uh, that they're actively working on this issue. I, I understand the Society for Clinical Research Sites is actively working on this issue. What does this actually mean? Because every day that I'm sending my study coordinator to the clinic to see a patient, I'm putting them at risk. So while they're actively working on this, um, I don't think they're actually going to do anything. Okay, I think by the time uh, they're close to starting to do something, the vaccine is going to be widely available for everybody. So I think your best bet is to network one-on-one -on -one with people. Just like I was networking with Dr. Hazen years ago. That's how I even got to know her. And that's how I knew as soon as I got sick, I knew, hey, let me put, uh, can you put me in one of your studies, please? Uh, I just got diagnosed. So it's all about who you know, network. It's great to push for change and advocate for change, but at the end of the day, that's such an uphill battle and such a slow battle. And when you have practical issues to deal with, such as my study coordinator's got to go into the office tomorrow uh, and I'm putting them at risk, you got to look for alternatives. Okay. And so with that being said, guys, thank you so much. Let me know your thoughts. Comment down below. Uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Stay well. Stay well because even these mild symptoms were no fun. Okay, so be safe, guys.